Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to the Inner Life for this Monday of the third week in Easter. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and let me ask you, do you like to be in control? I think most of us do, right? If you're like me, you probably like to imagine that you're in control of most of the things around you. You know what you have planned for today, for this week, you know, the upcoming things in your life, uh, the different things that are going on uh, might be with saving for retirement, might be an upcoming vacation. You're in control. You're making those plans we like to imagine we're in control until life throws us a curve, and then you realize how little control you actually have over most things. Yeah, you can plan, you can prepare, but when you you or someone you love, they get hit with a serious illness, or when unforeseen circumstances come at you and they change everything in a single moment, your planning, your preparation, they all go by the wayside. And When you faced an instance like this, how did you react? Did you find yourself turning to God and praying in a way that maybe never before you had? Uh, Were you praying for a miracle, that miracle? Back in the 1980 Winter Olympics, there were three seconds left on the clock in a hockey game between the United States and the Soviet Union. And Al Michaels, the television announcer, famously asked a question as it became obvious that the U.S. would win the game. He said, do you believe in miracles? And then immediately answered himself with an emphatic yes. And the U.S. team had just defeated the very, very heavily favored Soviet team. The Soviet team had won, I think it was seven of the nine last hockey Olympic gold medals. So nobody expected the U.S. team to have any chance to make it this far. Most people would have said it was impossible. But the U.S. team won, amazingly, 4-3, to and then went on to win the gold against Finland. And we've all heard about sporting events where there's this miraculous win. But what is a miracle? Is it simply beating the odds to come out on top? Is a miracle a convergence where everything comes together just perfectly when it looked like everything was going to fail? Is a miracle a happy coincidence when things turn out how you hoped they would? Or is a miracle a truly supernatural occurrence with no natural explanation? One of the most famous sites in the world associated with miracles is Lourdes in France, Back in 1987, Jean-Pierre Belly experienced a miraculous healing after visiting the Shrine of Our Lady of Lourdes. He, uh, back when he was 36 years old, Jean-Pierre began to suffer growing neurological problems, and he eventually received a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. Now, this was back in 1972. Eight years later, 1980, he was walking with a cane. And five years after that, in 1985, he, he was in a wheelchair. He could no longer walk. Two years after this, he was almost entirely bedridden. So in 1987, 
In October of that year, Jean-Pierre, he was helped to be able to go on a pilgrimage to Lourdes. And when he arrived there at the shrine, the first day he was able to receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation in the sick room where he was stationed there at the shrine. And the next day he was able to go to Mass, and during Mass he received the Sacrament of the Anointing of the Sick. And Jean-Pierre said at that moment when he received that sacrament, all of a sudden he was overcome by a powerful sense of interior liberation and peace, something that he had never experienced before. And later that day, while he was lying on the bed back in that sick room there at the shrine, he tells of how he experienced this sense of cold growing stronger and stronger until it became actually painful for him. But then that cold It let up and gave way to this feeling of warmth, which grew in intensity, and he found himself able to sit up on the edge of the bed, and he could actually now move his arms, something he hadn't been able to do. And then the following night, he was in a deep sleep, and he suddenly woke up, and he stood up out of bed and discovered that he could walk. For the very first time in three years, he was up walking. So Jean-Pierre, he received a miracle. And the Vatican actually studied all of the details surrounding Jean-Pierre's miraculous healing. And this wasn't some quick overnight kind of examination of the miracle. The review process went on for almost 12 years before receiving official acknowledgement from the church as a verified miracle taking place there at Lourdes. The most recent church-approved miracle associated with the Shrine of Our Lady of Lourdes was declared in 2018. It was the 70th officially recognized miracle for the Shrine. But some numbers estimate over 7,000 miracles unofficially linked to the shrine there at Lourdes. But miracles, they don't just happen at Lourdes. We don't have to be on a pilgrimage to experience a miracle in our life. They can take place wherever we happen to be, here, right now. And today on The Inner Life, we want to look at what the Church teaches about miracles and how we should approach this subject. And of course, we're going to do that with the help of one of our spiritual directors, a regular voice here on The Inner Life, as well as Morning Air with John Harper and Glenn Leverance, Father Marcel Tyone. He's a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, and the pastor at St. Thomas More Church there in Providence. Father Tyone, welcome back to The Inner Life today. Well, thank you, Josh, and great to be with you for the first time on Inner Life, and great to be back with, uh, with our listeners today. Yeah, and so today as we look at this subject of miracles, uh, you know, a lot of times there can be that word that's thrown out there in so many ways. As I mentioned, you know, Al Michaels used it in reference to the hockey game back in the 1980 Winter Olympics. But then we have miraculous healings like the one I talked about, Jean-Pierre there at Lourdes. So it might be good. I'm a big fan of defining terms. It might be good for us to look and uh, examine what a miracle is and maybe what it isn't. So can you help us examine this? Sure. And I think, uh, first of all, it's a great topic today. It's something that I think gets our interest right away um, for a lot of reasons. And one of the main reasons that we know is that for sure in scriptures in the gospel, we know that Jesus performed miracles. I don't like that word performed, but it's a nice vocabulary word. Else, he, he exercised his divine authority and really uh, performed miracles, especially in John's gospel. They're called signs, um, water to wine, walking on the water, calming the storm, where Jesus, we know Jesus, who's all-powerful, 
who's existed forever as the Logos, um, comes and we have what we could call, quote-unquote, the miracle of the incarnation, the miracle of the resurrection of his body from the dead. So our faith, the bedrock of our faith, is on Christ conquering sin and death, and which is a miraculous occurrence, in a sense, for human beings to come to faith and respect and understand that. But we know that miracles have always been part of the church's tradition since the first days because Jesus himself chose to offer miracles to certain people. I think I think there's, and the other thing he did in the gospel, he actually, when people asked him for miracles, he often said no and denied them because he gave miracles or performed miracles as a response to someone having great faith. So if you're listening to the program today, you want to research more about this, we always start with the scriptures and with Jesus himself, and we see that Jesus did indeed perform miracles. Where What do we mean by that? He did something that where he was more powerful than something we could observe in nature, or certainly resuscitating uh, Lazarus, or um, curing a paralytic, and all these other things he did to some people, as you talked about at Lourdes, like some people have experienced uh, healings in health. Um, so miracles are part of our tradition, no doubt about that. The danger with miracles is that sometimes, and we've, we've all, I think you touch on something, we've all wanted to be in control, and we all know people that are sick or suffering, and we'd want to have Jesus, by his power, heal or prohibit someone from dying or whatever it might be. We all have things like that throughout our lives. But what's important for us as Catholics, as people of faith, is to really ask Jesus for the gift of faith so that we trust that the goodness, the outpouring of God's goodness, which is what a miracle would take place, because God is good and generous. When we don't get the miracle we're looking for or hoping for, praying for, that doesn't mean God isn't pouring out at the cross and not present with us. So we have to be careful because I do find sometimes there's a temptation among some of us that we really we really sort of want a certain situation or circumstance changed and we pray for a miracle. We may ask a saint for a miracle or a venerable. We may ask other people to pray for a miracle that someone lives that's in the dying process or many other things. And we have to make sure that our, our understanding, our faith lived in Christ is not dependent upon miracles, but on faith, that we trust that God is good, always pouring out because we know Christ crucified and risen. So we have to be careful that our faith isn't dependent upon miracles. And that would be a bad thing if that happens. Um, and so God always knows better than us, and he's always loves us. He's with the suffering. He's made suffering redemptive. But miracles are part of our tradition. The church even goes so far as to have formal, as you talked about that, but that healing that happened at Lourdes, we think of people recently, the young Italian, Carlo Acutis, who, in order to be canonized a saint, uh, the church has to approve of two miracles. So imagine, to be canonized a saint... There has to be some supernatural healings by, it's always from the power of God, right? Not the saint, him or herself. But people ask the saint to go to Christ and ask for a supernatural event to take place. And what, how does how do we do that? You reference to the Vatican investigating these things. So the church turns to science and observation, and sometimes even people not of faith in different fields to verify, especially in medicine at times, that someone did indeed have a, what we call the miraculous healing. And that happens. A lot of people claim those, many more than are investigated by the church. Um, they're kind of frequent, even in most parishes. I think most priests would tell you that people have claimed miracles. And then there's the other kind of miracles, right? The miracles that happen in the heart, every confession, God absolves people. That's a miraculous healing. No matter what happens on the outside, that's a miracle. Every time we go to Mass, Catholics believe a miracle takes place, that Christ himself is no longer, he takes, he becomes truly present in 
in the bread and the wine, and it becomes Christ. And I always tell people, I say, everyone's seen him. If you've been to Mass, you've seen a miracle. And sometimes people being able to forgive themselves or forgive someone else that they, they really thought they could never bring themselves to do, but they get the grace. And I call that a, a small miracle with an M, but sometimes those kind of miracles are, are sometimes even more spectacular and and really important than the ones we see in nature or in health. Um, so I think that's another place we can go to to look for miracles. So miracles right. have always been part of our tradition since since Jesus has been with us and He's here. But so we we love miracles. We we ask for them, but we don't depend on them and we don't live for them in our faith. So it's sort of that kind of stay up the middle, just like the churches, I think. Right. Well, and that yeah, when you said that, you know that it, it's. Um, we need that gift of faith, and it shouldn't be reliant upon miracles. We shouldn't depend on them. There's a couple things I think of. One is, all this week at Mass, we're hearing that reading from the sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel, where Jesus talks about himself being the bread of life. And tomorrow, we're actually going to hear one moment that, that always stands out to me. And right before this dialogue happens with the crowd there and Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, right before that, the very day before this, he had fed the crowd out there, thousands of them, by multiplying the five barley loaves and the two fish that the young boy had brought there along. And so much so, so much multiplication that they collected the 12 baskets after. But then the crowd comes back that that following day and they follow Jesus and as Jesus is telling them to, you know, believe, to do the will of God is to believe the one that God sent, the Father sent. Then at that point, they ask for a sign. They say, you know, do some sort of sign, provide some sort of miracle so that we can actually know you are who you say you are. And one of the things that always sticks in my mind is how quickly this crowd forgets just the very day before, they saw this happen, but then they're coming back saying, well, give us a sign. You know, are, is this a danger for all of us, uh, going to that thought of what you said, you know, our faith doesn't rely on miracles? Are we so quick to, f- quick to forget those miracles that God does for us if all of a sudden things don't go exactly how we want them to? They don't turn out the way that we hoped they would? Yeah, and I, you bring up a great point, Josh. And that's you're right. Today's gospel was that right. Jesus has just fed five thousand. He walks on the water. Then the next day, they're searching for him because they're hungry and they want. They do. And Jesus never once. We think of the temptations in the desert that Satan gave him. Right? Satan. At, how did he tempt Jesus? He wanted him to perform miracles. So that he, he. That was actually some of the temptations that our Lord had to refute uh, after his baptism before he went into public ministry. And I think we have to be careful. You bring up a good point. We too have to be careful um, that we're not like that crowd in the gospel today because they wanted they wanted a sign. They wanted, I think, not only free bread and food, but they, they just kind of were along for that. Because if, if Jesus never had performed miracles, but he still rose from the dead and forgave sin, uh, that's the cornerstone of his actions. So Jesus in his outpouring of the Father's love performed these signs but in a way, he, again, I, I think it's imperative that he did it as a response to someone's faith. So we have to be careful. That doesn't mean if we ask for a miracle and Jesus doesn't do it, that he doesn't think we don't have any faith either. So we have to also not be self, sort of negative judging oneself if one, in other words, yeah, in the gospel today, they, 
Jesus never gave in to someone who just wanted signs but didn't have faith. But that doesn't mean he doesn't think we don't have faith if he doesn't give us our miracles. So it is a bit of a a catch-22, but it's actually a place of great freedom. So we have to resist temptation. We can ask for miracles. We can go to the saints. Actually, we we all should do that. Ask God to intervene in any way. But sometimes... I believe, and I I didn't ever see this up close till my priestly ministry, but I believe that many, many miracles take place all the time, every day, but a lot of them are interior. They're in the soul of the person. Um, There's a resurrection of the soul. There's a resurrection in how someone experiences that God loves them truly for the first time in spite of their sinfulness, all our brokenness. These things happen every day, all day, all the time constantly. And the sacraments are encounters like that. You talked about the anointing of the sick at the top of the hour. I've seen miraculous things, certainly in the sacrament. Every sacrament, again, is is a miraculous act of God's love for people. But I have seen things, and not just, you know, not rare, but when I've anointed people, it's Christ, and you see people that have been on morphine and have no energy and you know, the hospice people say they'll never speak ever again. They haven't spoken in four days. It's their last day. The anointing ritual begins, and the person opens their eyes, responds, prays, and the family's just overwhelmed by that. It's almost like the soul of the person is conversing with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's a miraculous thing where, you know, people say, oh, this person's never going to communicate ever again, Father. That's it. And I'm telling you, it's a, the grace of the sacraments is there. And I, I've seen, quote unquote, miraculous things like that fairly fairly often enough throughout the year, through all the anointings, there's always two or three ways something like that happens. And the family is always consoled. So I think Jesus, that particular family or person or that soul, especially for the living that remain here, they needed that consolation from God. So God, he only gives us miracles when, when he believes we need them out of his love for us and his plan for us. So they're such gifts. And again, I, they do happen every day. I think, I think, imagine how many miracles Jesus did that we don't even know that aren't recorded, but imagine how many miracles like in the world today, how many times someone's going to be set free from their past or have a moment of great conversion interiorly at a mass or maybe listen to this program and remembering things, you know, I, you made me remember the the great Russian <laughs> victory that that secular kind of miracle where the underdog team came up just in that's just in sports but but you forget about that and maybe today's program like I had forgotten about that till you said and I remember watching that as a child and just going just being so happy about that victory at the United States hockey team but how about today we do the same thing in a supernatural way maybe listeners today have had things that are inexplicable um but see it as a sense of God's, uh, just have a sense of gratitude around that. And I certainly experienced that in ministry. Um, I've seen that in people's lives. And people will attest oftentimes to some kind of supernatural intervention by Christ in their lives. And they will have different things happen. And uh, and I think those things, again, they don't need to be verified. They were experienced if they're, if they're, if they're in accord with the church's teaching. They console someone. And again, someone's faith is not sitting on that is not like the foundation of our house of faith but it's maybe something that god gives us in that kind of the garden of of our faith and we we all have those things i'd encourage our listeners if you have had you know moments where you just wow i just remember this moment christ gave something to me or someone i love or someone i'm serving um to recall those things today i think i think that's part of the easter season because all these readings that we have are really again as you brought up so rightly this season is full of the bodily resurrection appearances of Jesus, and uh, that's what transformed those encounters with the risen Jesus, or what transformed the apostles and his early friends and made them not even afraid of death and afraid of martyrdom and suffering and, and those things. So 
how did the apostles and the early friends of Jesus become so free? They received the Holy Spirit that we get in the sacraments through the church, and they also um, they they had no more fear because of those encounters with the risen Jesus. It wasn't only because Jesus walked on water or that he fed all these people, that he resuscitated them, because he rose from the dead, and he encountered them, and then sent them out. And that's what we're called to do. And uh, we can do that. I, I love, you brought up the Lord, you think Fatima, that we call it the miracle of the sun. Um, you know, there's kind of smaller miracles. People have a, a weeping statue, or a rosary, or something happens. And, and those things, I would I tell people, you know, that's beautiful. Receive that as a consolation, a sign of Christ's love for you, and receive those small miracles, and let's Let's celebrate the big miracles that have been verified by the church in appropriate ways and and uh and we can they're just signs to us that Christ is here and he's active and he's moving. So so it's a great topic today. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad we're talking about this. Our spiritual director today, Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. We're talking about miracles. When have you experienced that miracle in your life? What happened? Was it something where there was a healing? There was something uh, that, you know, uh, maybe a relationship was healed. Maybe there was something physically that was wrong and it was it was cured. Uh, maybe it was that interior miracle that Father Tyone is talking about where, um, for whatever reason, you were struggling with something and then you were given that grace to be able to make that turn around to be able to move forward and God allowed that to happen in your life how did it help strengthen your faith how did it it help you to grow in your gratitude and your appreciation for all the blessings that you've received from God. You can call and share your experience, how you've had those miracles happen in your life. Our studio line is open, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll be back with more here with Father Tyone on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, a priest in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, and pastor at St. Thomas More Catholic Church there in Providence. We're talking about miracles and having those miracles take place in our life. And uh, speaking of that, we're actually going to, here on The Inner Life, uh, begin a novena to St. Joseph coming up in a couple weeks on Saturday, May 1st. It's the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And leading up to that day, I'd really like to invite you to pray a novena to St. Joseph with me. Last month here on the show, I shared how St. Joseph has really worked some amazing miracles in my life. He's a powerful intercessor, and I'd like to pray with you for whatever you might need in your life. So starting this Friday, April 23rd, for those nine days leading up to May 1st, we'll pray a novena together at the beginning of each of the shows here on The Inner Life. And you can email me anything you'd like to be prayed during this novena, and I'll include your intentions as we pray over the nine days leading up to May 1st. And that Saint, uh, the, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker— um, 
Um, I'll keep your intentions private. Um, I won't share them on the air, but you can send those through and know that I will read every single one of them. And the email address here is innerlife at relevantradio.com. So again, email those to me. I'm happy to include them. And you'll just know that we're praying together uh, those nine days leading up to that Feast of St. Joseph. Again, the email innerlife at relevantradio.com. And right now, as we are talking about miracles, if you've had that miracle that's happened in your life, uh, how did it help to strengthen your faith? How did it help you to grow in gratitude for everything that God has provided for you? You can give us a call here in the studio. We uh, have a number of calls, but still looks like a few open lines left there. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. And Father Tyone, um, you know, we were talking about how these miracles, especially the, those interior miracles that you were talking about, they can happen. But I also look back in my life, and like I said, I can look and say, yeah, here's where definitely a miracle took place. I, I've witnessed some of these in my own life or the life of my wife or my kids or you know people I know. But for the most part, it seems to me that God works in more of the ordinary routine of my life, uh, through the relationships I have, the different conversations I have, through my time in prayer, my time reading uh, the Bible, reading about one of the saints, going to Mass and hearing something said in the homily by the priest, all these different ordinary moments. And especially the older I get, the more I can look back at my life and see that through the years, it's more and more obvious to me how my path has been directed by God. So, Maybe you can talk for just a moment here while the miraculous is amazing. And as you said, it's a, it's an opportunity for us to say, because we have faith in God, God wants to do something good for us. But maybe you can talk about how God, uh, those might be more the exception rather than the rule. And we shouldn't be looking for miracles all the time. We should understand that God does work in the ordinary moments of our life. Yeah, you bring up a great point. And again, I think... Uh a worthy reflection for all of us, but, you know, what are our ordinary miracles? And you said wonderfully that in our ordinary daily relationships, our ordinary conversations, the Holy Spirit can sometimes do something extraordinary through a very, very ordinary conversation with someone we know or love or someone we spend time with. And, you know, I think I just recently blessed, I've, there's a great, uh, man I know. He's he's married now with a family, but he was in the high school. Was He had a great success in the Big East, was a basketball player. Now he's an assistant coach in the NBA, and he was here with me last night. And during the dinner, he shared something with me that uh, he said it was a, a, one of the teachers in his high school. This woman told him one line at one point. She said he, he just, she said to him, you know, if you didn't play basketball, and you could be a doctor or do incredible things with your life. And he said it was such a gift for him because the affirmation she gave him in a very soft conversation at the end of a class, he said, I never forget that the rest of my life that this person, so I think that's what we're talking about, ordinary miracles where that's a trajectory that was for him. He attributes that to Jesus today, um, intervening in that interior way with him. But I think you're right. Those kind of things, I invite our listeners to think back in my own life later on today too and reflect what are those people and places God puts in our path just at the right time, maybe in a hard time, maybe with a secret struggle or something's going on, and we just have a, like a, and again, an interior gift comes, and those happen all the time, and, and sometimes God uses us, I think, to do that for others, and we don't even know it. 
and thanks be to God, but think of how many times Josh or Father Tayon, or if you're listening to this program, how many times maybe the Lord's used you, maybe a, you know, a, a someone's had a really rough thing and you cross their path, you say one little thing and they don't even know who you are, but God used us to, to just be that affirming consolation for them. And those are miracles. Those are, I, I would say, miracles, what we call another providence of God, that the providence of God is always trying to love us and do good things. And that happens in ordinary circumstances. You make a good point. We can't, can't always be looking for dramatic miracles. We can ask for them and ask saints to pray and do the St. Joseph Novena. And we do think, I think we need to ask big of St. Joseph. We shouldn't, shouldn't ask small, but expect nothing. Ask big, but expect nothing. And trust God in all things. And I think, I think that's a good way to pray. Um, I'm gonna I, I like that, Nobina. too. Yeah, ask Asking big. Something big. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you were talking about how miracles are that, uh, you know, God wants to give us good things, and Jesus talks about that. You know, he says, um, which of you, when—I forget exactly how it's phrased. It's something like when, when your, your son asks for a fish to eat— You'd give him a snake, you know, something poisonous that would be dangerous for him. Or when, you know, he asks for something else, you'd, you'd give him something that's bad. Well, if you want to give your own children good things, how much more does your Heavenly Father want to bestow on you so many good blessings? You know, absolutely. And, and I think, again, we, we believe suffering's redemptive, right? So for us, Christ is close to us and his passion we understand. And, and those even our sufferings become blessings and become a place where we can live in and from our faith and and so we can again i i do think we, we're going to ask saint joseph other saints we ask big but i think expect nothing but everything we do receive should overwhelm us with gratitude and mm-hmm. we can do that every day we can live like that if we get this hobby to this habit of of gratitude with god with all these things he does give us and sometimes sometimes something bigger something out of the ordinary extraordinary but other times, even those many, many, many small miracles that, that you talk about that we get every day. And I would encourage all of us in the Easter season to maybe think back. We can read the scriptures and look at the miracles of Peter and the apostles and the resurrection, all the all the, the healings they received, because God's a healer. He's a, he's a, he pours out good to us always. We don't have to... We don't have to get ourselves all together before he gives us something great. That's the gift of the mystery of faith in Jesus Christ. So we just need to receive that and see it with the eyes of faith. So miracles are a gift. They happen all the time, big M and small M. And uh, so, so it's a great we're in, a, we're in a great circumstance every day until we meet the Lord. Right, right. Father Tyone, uh, Father Marcel Tyone is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, and we're talking about those miracles that happen in our life. When have you experienced that miracle? What happened? How did it help you to bolster your faith, as Father Tyone was talking about? Were you able to then look back on those blessings that God has given to you, and did you see that gratitude in your life, that thankfulness grow? Well, let's go to the phones and find out. Uh, we've got Lynn, who's listening in the Twin Cities. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Good morning. Blessed Monday to both of you. Um, Yes, I had a wonderful miracle. Last year, um, my husband's uncle was in a coma and had called into the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and he was going to be removed from life support. And not only he, he rallied and came out of the coma after all those prayers um, received from the relevant radio listeners. Um, and he never left the nursing home, but he was, uh, he was alive for a, a year, and we were able to make amends with him. He had kind of left the family. We were estranged, and that was a wonderful miracle in itself. But 
Um, Drew also prayed for me as the caller, and I had been struggling with some things that I couldn't let go of. I was withholding forgiveness, um, and I've been trying for years. I just didn't know how to let go of it, and I felt all of the walls that I put up just kind of fall away and, and felt that healing begin internally as well. So lots of miracles that came from that one phone call and all those prayers. So thank you to the relevant radio family for that. Well, thanks for sharing that. And actually, I love you talk about different kinds of miracles, but even those internal ones. And I'm just curious, if I could ask you one question. When you, when you get that, the freedom, the power to be forgiving or let something go or something, was that like a moment or was it just sort of a, a process? Because I think a lot of our listeners, that's kind of that's the kind of miracles people want, to be able to take down the walls and let Christ in and, and find that peace again interiorly. So how did that happen? It, it kind of was a moment. So I, um, I had downloaded... Um, that particular episode, I went back and listened to it the next day through the podcast, and that's when I heard him pray for me. I was so as it, it was as it was all happening, I was so focused on my husband's uncle, I didn't really catch it. And then when I went back and had kind of that hindsight, I just I know it just like a big gushing of relief. I just felt it go let hmm. to be able to let it all go and. And, you know, and if you ever have guidance that you can share on the air, I think a lot of people, like you said, struggle with that. Like, how how do you let it go um, when that resentment's right. been building? Because there's, you know, because you want to, this, was, this situation was something that affected my personal safety. That, um, so I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't detach the forgiveness from the forgetting, you know, because you always want to then stay safe. So, um, yeah, but it, it was just such a relief and I was, so blessed to have it. Well, I appreciate your call and your testimony of that, and I think you're right. I, for people listening today, I think that's that's a, that's an area the Lord always wants to bring us to, right? Those places where He wants to free us from resentment or from those kind of things that that might grapple in the heart in certain relationships where the Lord wants some kind of uh, like a, at least a non-hostile kind of a distant, you know presence with people in our lives that might have been difficult or something but what do we do i think i think it's you know as maybe of a kind of a coaching thing i think it's important to to literally speak to jesus about that and sometimes i find people that pray out loud when they're alone um that can help someone sort of hearing themselves jesus you know heal this part of my heart about this person but i think really literally speaking to jesus about it personally um is is a very i know a lot of people experience healings when they really just really really go to the Lord and start speaking to him and be so open, honest, and vulnerable about it. And then he pours in to that place. It's almost like when we're a little kid, we fall down, right? What happens? We run to our mom and, and she says, "Show me, tell me where it hurts. Tell me where it hurts. And then she kisses that place or we'll put a Band-Aid on that place. And we go to a doctor, right? He says, or she says, tell me where it hurts. And we show the doctor. And Jesus is our divine physician. So the places in our hearts where we need those kind of those kind of miracles, I think we need to tell him, this is where it hurts. This is Lord Jesus. This is where it hurts. Come to this place in my life and fill me um, and give me that peace be with you that I want to hear around this relationship, this circumstance, and, and do that. So I appreciate your call, and I think it's a, it's a great inspiration for us to hear the Lord gave you those graces, those miracles, we can call them. And I think it hopefully will inspire all of us to do that, too, and just to, to have that kind of that trust, vulnerability, and then healing that God gave you. So thank you for your call. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Lynn. And if you were listening and heard Lynn mention praying the Divine Mercy, 
Chaplet, and uh, you're not familiar with that. Every day at 3 o'clock Central here on Relevant Radio, you can tune into the Drew Mariani Show. And Drew prays uh, that devotion, that chaplet of divine mercy. So I'd invite you to listen if you haven't ever done that before. And if you have that prayer intention, something that you're praying for, uh, call in or email in to Drew, and he'll pray for you as well. And uh, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that join today, uh, to, together every day, and pray. And uh, Father Tyone, it's amazing to me. I I remember at one point, I don't know, within the last year, year and a half, uh, Drew and I happened to just look at, over the course of a month, how many intentions had been prayed for on the air and how many miracles that people had sent back, answered prayers, you know, things that were that, that were resolved because of joining together and praying. And it was about 50 percent, you know, that I don't know how many people don't write back, but about 50 percent of the people had written back in and said, here's the answer that I received. Thank you for praying for us. And that, again, I think is just kind of a testament to the fact that God wants to give us what we ask for, especially when we come to him humbly, when we uh, say, you know, this this is where I'd like to be, but uh, God, not my will, your will be done. No, amen. Absolutely, absolutely right. And I, I think it's a, it's a great encouragement. Imagine, again, you bring up the point, how many people, I always think even more so, even than, you know, getting feedback from, from the great work online that people do, uh, you know, but imagine how many people have listened to relevant radio that we don't even know. And I mean, it's right. just extraordinary how the Holy Spirit works through radio today. And I think it, there's a, with the pandemic too, I just think relevant radio is God's way to pour out and leave no one isolated. No one, people might be physically alone, but audibly with, with the apps and the prayers and, and all these petitions, it's, it's almost like it's a virtual, it's a virtual communion in relevant radio of the Holy Spirit, it's the mystical body of Christ. And, and I think the Lord only shares like a tip of the iceberg with us of what happens. And I, we can't even imagine what God's doing. Even today through this program, we don't even know the healings, the, the love that's being poured out among us, among each other with God. So it's such a, such a gift. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the responses that you get and so many people. And, you know, it's, it's such a gift to, to be able to, I call it the virtual parish I belong to. <laughs> right. And it, but it's, it's not, virtual like like online zoom like that it's what calling virtually in the holy spirit virtual is real right. really in the holy spirit and i think we uh we're grateful for all our listeners who are so open to everything yeah well and chuck neff you know my predecessor here hosting the program he would always call uh, the inner life the world's largest faith sharing group which i think is absolutely true in fact uh, father we've got all the lines full here with people who'd like to talk about some of the miracles sure. they've received from god so we're going to take a short time out here from the program but we're going to come right back bob you're up next nancy mary we'll try and get to both of you as well here after this time out here on relevant radio and the relevant radio app Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, talking about miracles, those miracles that we've had happen in our own lives, 
whether it is something physical, you know, something that we saw where there was a healing or something that was fixed in our lives, but it might be those interior miracles. We've been talking a lot about those this hour as well, and we're taking your phone calls, the studio line, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, relevantradio.com. And Father, we have Bob, who is listening in Excelsior, Minnesota. Hi there, Bob. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, back in 2012, my oldest son, Matt, was diagnosed with a, an inoperable brain tumor that was already twice the size of a golf ball. Uh, <laughs> the, basically, one of the doctors uh, referred to him as the walking dead, essentially. <laughs> uh, so we were uh, he was starting to fall down in the shower, losing bladder and bowel control. And my sister suggested I should pray to uh, Father Darren Didier. He is a priest that died three months after he was ordained with terminal cancer. And uh, and I I actually prayed to him out loud with with Matt and got a. A rather miraculous uh, response, and within a year, without surgery, Matt was tumor-free. Wow, incredible! Now, is it, help me understand and the listeners to this priest that that did die that you asked to intercede for you? Is he seeing the canonization process, or is just have people devoted to him, or do you know do you know much about that? Yeah. I don't really know uh, if there's anything with the canonization process. All I know is there's a there's a uh, like a, some sort of a thing at his gravesite, you know, where people uh, put mm. Mm. Uh, stories in about how they've had answers to prayer through his intercession. <laughs> well, well, that's a, that's a powerful testimony, and your son is healthy today. He's well. Uh, well, the, I'm actually interested in uh, seeking prayer for him because I, I would really like to see him back in the church. <laughs> yeah, so he's had that physical well, that miracle might be the there. Second miracle. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, Father. You're looking for that interior healing there for your son as well, Bob. So, uh, it, tell you what, I mentioned earlier this hour we're going to have a novena to Saint Joseph. So, I will include your son in our uh, our prayers as we begin that novena here. This Friday, and Father Tyone, that also brings up another point where um, you know turning to some of those people that we might know in our own lives that have passed on before us. If we have uh, a spouse who has passed away, maybe a grandfather or a grandmother, an aunt or uncle who obviously lived a very, very pious and holy life, just because the Church doesn't recognize them as an officially canonized saint, just because there's not that um, you know open cause for canonization for them. We can still turn to them and ask for them to intercede along with the saints that we do know. Sure, we we always count on the the saints that are canonized for sure. But you're right. There are, I think, all of us know people that lived a very particularly holy life, a faithful life, and sometimes under great duress and stress, and were this kind of suffering, holy, joyful servant. So sure, we can ask them to pray for us as we still pray for them. And I, I think that's the communion of saints with the small s on the saints. But but certainly we're going to pray for his son too. I think you're right, the Saint Joseph Novena, and and uh, but what a gift that was a powerful testimony, and it sounds like that. 
that priest has a, if you will, a kind of a, a following. People yeah. asking him for miracles, and I'm going to do my best. I'm kind of curious. I'm going to try to figure some more <laughs> out about him myself. Good. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Nancy is listening uh, in your area. Father Nancy is in Providence. Hi, Nancy. Or uh, we'll have the uh, guys in the studio check and make sure that she's there. Uh, let's try Arlene. Arlene is listening in Rhode Island as well. Hi, Arlene. Welcome to the Inner Life today. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to to te- to give you my testimony because it may help other people who go through depression or anxiety. When I was in college in my twenties, I went through a real crisis, identity crisis, just just where do I belong and that sort of thing, and I really got very depressed. Um, and I quit college. I was just, I stayed home and I I just couldn't get out of it. And it was the Lord really drawing me to him because I really started praying. I had been, I'm Catholic, but I had been away from the faith all my teenage years and just, you know, doing what kids do, growing out, having fun. Mm. And I started praying and then I started going to daily mass. And every time I went to daily mass, that's the only place I felt peace. I, like, I got such an infusion from the Holy Spirit of peace. And then I went the whole summer like that, praying and getting closer to the Lord. I started reading the Psalms. And then one day, I remember it so clearly, it was a day like a, a it was a beautiful, crisp October day, sunny. I woke up, I sat up, I looked out my window, and I said, this is a miracle. I knew that my burden had been lifted completely. My depression had completely lifted, and I really didn't know the reason why. I didn't go to counseling. I was just praying all the time. And I didn't care why. <laughs> I just was so grateful to God. And that really led me so much closer to him and on my way to really being devoted to him. And I ended up going back to college and finishing. And that was that's one of my oh, well, stories. I, I just you... want to tell you. I, I'd like to tell you one more story. My friend Diane went sure. to Medjugorje. And when she got back, she had seen the miracle of the sun. One day... She woke, she called me in the morning and she said, Arlene, look outside right now. You're going to see the miracle of the sun. And I thought to myself, I haven't been there. Why would I see it? But I looked out and I saw it. And then I called my sister and I said, look outside. You're going to see the miracle of the sun. And she did. And I think just, you know, our I was a new Christian. It was like the Lord was blessing us so much with with showing himself in these ways that I was just very naive and innocent. And I was like, oh, everybody will be able to see. Let me call them. But actually, it was my friend Diane. It was me and my sister who did see the miracle of the sun from our bedroom windows. And, you know, so you don't necessarily have to go somewhere to get that miracle. Well, you know what I love, Arlene, about your testimonies, but I love when you struggle with that depression or whatever you went through there, that you went to daily Mass, right? I heard you say that, that you started going to daily Mass. Um, and I think just, I'm sure that's 
part of the way the Lord was doing that. You were getting Eucharist every day, you're hearing the scriptures, you're in the church. So I think that's that's certainly part of your, your great story. And I would encourage people. I know people are busy and people are all over the place, and but things have reopened. So I, I would encourage people, if you've never even, some people don't even know there's daily mass. They only know there's Sunday mass. But I, I love that that's part of your testimony. It came upon you, you had this moment, but I think all those prayers, you were open to being around Jesus and the sacraments. And I, I think that's that's how you received that that healing. There's no question that's part of it. So thanks for Thanks for sharing both those stories with us. Yeah, thank you, Arlene, for your call. And uh, we've only got a couple of moments left here, but let's try and get Joseph in. He's listening in Sacramento. Hi, Joseph. How have you experienced that miraculous healing in your life? Um, Good morning, Father and Sir. I just want to share that uh, this miracle that I experienced was through your show. And how it happened was um, I've been dealing with a certain struggle It's now an official mental diagnosis I've had all my life, and I've been so hard on myself for for this, you know, uh, this uh, habit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, one day I called in, and I forget the name of the priest, but he said that uh, um, God loves us, each and every one of us, not for our function in life, whether you'd be a, you know, a street person or a CEO, but rather he loves you for who you truly are. And upon hearing that, it gave me a sense of, of relief. I, I know this wasn't like uh, mm. the Red Sea parting, but for me to hear that, Father, mm. I now share that when I, when I attend my group therapy. And it has helped some of the people that, that we are loved not for our function, but who we are with all our weaknesses, with all our habits with all our failures. And I just wanted to share that, Father. For me, that was a miracle. Well, you know, that's a, that's one of the best testimonies I've ever heard because you experience being a beloved son of the Father uh, by Christ, and and that's it, right? So, And then what happens? We receive the love of God, and then we receive the grace to deal with our struggles. It's almost like sometimes, innocently, we, we get it backwards. We try to get all set before we go to God. We want to get ourselves kind of together. And Jesus says, no, I want the places that are messy, that are difficult. And, and that's the miracle. You experience the Lord's love fully as you are, your beloved son of God and Christ in baptism so thank you so much because that is a miracle i wouldn't downplay that i think that yeah. is that's the best miracle where, where you experience that incredible love that god has for you so we can all receive that too so i hope hope all of us have a little more of that by by his testimony today yeah well and it kind of reminds me of uh where jesus ends up i think it's the paralytic that's lowered through the roof uh, his friends lower him down yeah. and uh jesus initially says uh you know your sins are forgiven and he knows that he's got some of the religious leaders they're observing that end up saying, uh, you know, who is this man that he can forgive sins? And he says, well, which one is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk, but so that you know that I do have the authority to forgive sins, to heal that person internally, interiorly, rise up. And, and he, ta- he tells that, that uh, man to rise up and pick up his mat and walk. Uh, it's amazing to think about that God would rather heal us interiorly, because some, some of those physical ailments that we deal with, they're pretty tough. But Father, we're down to just the last minute here. And can I ask you for a final blessing for all of our listeners as we wind up the show today? 
Sure. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks on this Easter season day for all the callers, the testimonies, everybody listening today, Lord, give us each the grace, be open to that grace of healing, the miraculous love that you want us to experience today. Bless all the relevant radio family, bless Josh, and thanksgiving for all the good things you, you give us by sharing you with each other. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Marcel Tyone, thank you for being here with us as our spiritual director today. And thank you for listening and participating. Thank you for all of you who shared your stories of how God has worked in your life, made those miracles possible. I want to encourage you to stay tuned. We've got Mass that's coming up next here on Relevant Radio. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about praying the rosary. It's going to be a fantastic conversation, so I hope you tune in. And again, if you have any of those prayer intentions that you'd like prayed for, we're going to start that Novena to St. Joseph coming up this Friday. You can email your intentions to innerlife at relevantradio.com. And have a blessed day.